G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin, you've got no choice. Welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast, this is number 91. Hmm, 91, so there you go. Uh, all hell is breaking loose in the world, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> My God, California is burning. We've got. I just flew in from New York, um, I spent... Uh, four or five days in Brooklyn and uh, just flew back. So that's why we're running a a little late this evening. So apologies for that. But I just got in late and I was like, oh, I wasn't even going to do an intro. And which some of you may have been happy about. But I thought, why why wreck the consistency that I've had for uh, 91 shows? So uh, here we go. Yeah, California's burning. Um... America's nuts. That's all I can say. Really appreciate some of the emails that I got from last week. Of course, I was extremely upset, as we all were and still are. I hope about what's going on around us, and it's so it's so fucked up because this whole time I was traveling uh, on this trip with my family as a as a father and just as a, a man, I guess. The whole time I'm thinking. All right, shit goes down. What am I doing? How am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? Who's going to hit the floor first? And oh, that's what you run through your mind now as someone who lives in the greatest country in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's a dig. Um, all the or you foreigners get it. I don't, and I know a lot of Americans get it too, but it's just that small percentage. Fucking idiots that um, they don't get it. But that's that's what goes through your head. You're in a public place and you're like, wow, because you hear all those people, they say it, never thought it was going to happen to me, never thought it was going to happen to me. And then it does. So, yeah, so that's the whole trip. I was like, wow, if shit goes down here in this public place. How do I protect my family? What do I do? Yeah, it's nuts, man. It's fucking nuts and it sucks. Um, but I'm not going to harp on that this week because I did last week and what are you going to do? You just got to get on with your life, don't you? As we all do, I guess. But, um, yeah, if you're going through some serious shit out there, man, my heart, my heart, it really feels for those people that are going through heavy shit because you're right. It doesn't, we all sit back and send our thoughts and well wishes and prayers and as I do on the show and all means shit until it happens to you or something happens to you and your family and then you're going to deal with it and <laughs> way to bring the show down troy <laughs> you're driving you're like man guitar wake and troy just fucking bums it down all right stop enough of that shit oh, i've stopped i've stopped um but we are burnt i'm watching the news and california is burning we're losing homes it's nuts so many fires. I, I didn't realize this was going on until I just got back into town. So that's, oh man, that sucks. Um, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say I send my thoughts and prayers. I'm not going to do it. Uh, we're going to continue on with, let's get into it. We Shut up, McCubbin. Uh, let's get into it with um, what we were going on from last week with Shane Terrio or Therot, Theriot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to do that. 
Back to Shane. We'll finish that up. Uh, I actually text uh, Shane. Well, they had a, um, was it a hurricane or something heading towards them? Nate? Was it Nate? I can't remember. Nathan, there's so many hurricanes this day these days. Who can keep count? So I, I knew Shane was in New Orleans, so I texted him. I was like, mate, you, you going to be okay down there? What's going on? You right? Yeah, he's, he wrote me back. He's ah, mate, it's a bit of rain. Nothing. <laughs> it's a bit of rain, mate. So no big deal. Anyway, so Shane's got a new album out. Check it out. It's it's really great. Great tones. Great player. Great guy. Still motion. Shane, we're going to be playing a few tracks off that uh, throughout this podcast. Uh, we'll get back into where we left off with Scott Free because Scott f- forgot to turn up to Guitar Wank. What the fuck, Scott? <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. Anyway, he was in writing mode. He apologized. He called Shane. They made up. Maybe we'll get Shane back with Scott on because I think it'd be fun to have Scott here because that's why he was going to be here because of Scott and then Scott didn't turn up. Um, What else has happened? Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, You know who they are. (laughs) Guitar Wank uh, sponsors. uh, Fuck, I've gone blank. Sir Guitars and Amps. Thanks, John. Um, Wire World Pro Audio Cables, Exotic Pedals, Dear Dario Guitar Strings, Jimmy Dunlop Guitar Picks, My Music Master Class, um, AEA Ribbon Microphones, Sennheiser Microphones. Thank you, guys. We appreciate all the support. And thank you for all those people that wrote in and did um, and shared their thoughts on what's going on and, you know... Uh, didn't mind me having a blubber because I was really upset. I've been upset all week and it's been something, it's been heavy. I mean, you just get on with your life and fucking families are missing people. And I mean, how did, how do you even approach that? I just, oh man, it's just, it's gut-wrenching. It makes me so, I get so angry because the stupidity in this country. It's just stupid. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I could go on. Uh, let's get into it, and uh, and this will cheer us all up, I hope. Guitar Wank. Keep the emails coming, guitarwank at gmail.com. Uh, if you're waiting for a T-shirt or you were sent the wrong size T-shirt, bloody hell. Um, I don't know what happened in the mail room. We'll fix it, and we'll send you a new one. So just hang in there. Um, I do have, actually, I do have someone that I do have to have a shout out to, Georgina O'Reilly. I got to talk to Georgina. I feel really bad. Um, she had an order. Now, this is a great girlfriend. This is this is a good good girlfriend. I believe she's in London too. Um, so she, Georgina sent in an order for, I think, a guitar wing T-shirt. Um, and, uh, I checked on it and it was late. We were backed with waiting for t-shirts to come in or something, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she, she was trying to do a surprise for her man. Right. And, um, so I wrote it back and I said, I'll check on it, blah, blah, blah. We'll get it out. Um, blah, blah, and all that kind of stuff and make sure you get it. Anyway, so I wrote that to her and then she replied, Yes, it is a surprise for him, but he just saw this email from Guitar Wank and I totally spoiled the whole 
bloody surprise. So I ruined the surprise. We were late with the t-shirt and um and apparently I did I did send extra stuff out to her and it still hasn't gotten to her cuz she asked she sent me an email just the other day, Georgina uh, O'Reilly, she said, Troy, any updates? Oh my God, you should have it by now. And it sounds like you haven't got it. So I'm publicly apologizing because I feel like a, a right twat now that um, one, you didn't get the product. Two, I spoiled the surprise. And three, you still haven't got the product, even though I sent you extra product to make up for all those other mistakes. So now I'm publicly apologizing, Georgina, and to your man, he's a lucky bloke. I mean, you're a fantastic, you're the epitome of a great girlfriend, and Guitar Wang completely let you down on all fronts, and I I really apologize. So, so sorry about that. We will get new shit out to you, not shit, but we'll get new merch out to you and make it up, but just know if your boyfriend is listening to this, Georgina's boyfriend, you're a lucky bloke, she was trying to do something really amazing and Guitar Wank fucked it up. So if you choose not to listen to us anymore, I totally understand, she's probably thinking you maybe should go listen to maybe Shane, Shane Terrio's podcast, because he's he's got really cool guests on his show um (laughs) and he's got a new album out well look at that see so you can go listen to his podcast but we do apologize and we'll make we'll make good of it georgina damn it i think you're in i think you're a pom i think you're over the ocean so we'll make make good of it so um fix that and also uh we will be playing some cuts from uh shane's new album still motion i think i said that so check them out so that's the music will be on this show anyway Fucking shut up, my cupboard. It's late. I want to go to bed. And you guys just want to listen to a Guitar Wing podcast. All right, Shane, Bruce, Scott Free, and uh, me, what have we got to listen to this week? I don't know. I'm tired. I need to go to bed. All right, be safe. Look after each other. Let's keep Guitar Wank and spread the word. Off. <laughs> listen to a new episode. I'll see you soon, buddy. And um, to all the people that wrote in, uh, much love, much love, right? Fucking people messing with our music concerts and stuff. That's way not cool. Way not cool. All right. We'll see you guys all next week. Uh, The boys will be back in town and uh, we're going to have some fun stuff. So, all right. Yeah. I'll see you next week. Up your bum.
I probably end up only using it mostly in the studio. Because I work every night, man, in a tube band. I'm, man. Rattling around. Rattling around in the car. <clears throat> man, you know, I mean, I'm sick of visiting solder sniffers every three months, you know. And of course, it's got to be after the gig because they're only working from like midnight to six in the morning. <laughs> you know, they live in a mom's house and shit like that. And they're the only guys who know how to fix stamps. I mean, you know, right. but it's like, uh, and I'm not disparaging anybody, but that's my experience, and I'm just tired of carrying that much weight for a for a platform that unstable, yeah, and, and not durable. Well, the opposite of durable, fragile. And so, yes, like last night, I was playing this quilter amp. It's really a great amp. In that room, I could hear, the, you know, I, boy, I wished I'd had my 65. Mm. And in that room, that amp would have given me a little bit more than I would have wanted. But I'm thinking about the last five gigs I did. Of the five gigs, that was the only room that the pro would have been a better amp than all the other amp rooms, you know, with more uh, echo, you know, more yeah. reverberant, yeah, yeah. ambient. The thing would just, the pro spreads out and that latency you get from tubes, mm -hmm. it would just add to the cacophony of what's happening. Whereas that quilter is like, I'm it's here direct, right yeah, now for it's you. It's very direct. And it's still fat, you know what I mean? I thought it was a fine sound, but. It sounded great to me. But, um, you know, I mean, and again, this we're talking about something that's so fucking small, you know. And then, so if I had the Dumble, I'm sure, you know, I know it, I'd use it on record dates all the time and special gigs where I knew the, you know, and I put it in the back seat and I strapped it in and I took really good care of it, you know what Insured I mean? Insured it. Well, you yeah. Have to. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, more, mostly, though, I'm just interested in the kind of the sports challenge of it. I know I've played his amps, I've played the Ultraphonics, I've, the Steel String, the Overdrive Special. Oh, wow, you I've, played all I've, those. I've though. heard them. You know, the Overdrive Special meant nothing to me, you know. I mean, it was just like, it really sounded good. You know, the Ultraphonics is the one that I liked the best. But I'm just interested, you know, and I mean, here's this brilliant sound guy who knows how those things work. And have him, like, hear me and hear what I like. And he's a guitar player, too. And, you know, I, I would imagine he'd respect that and go like, oh, okay, you know, I don't want to build that or I can't build that mm -hmm. or... You're crazy, or yeah, I think I think I think I think I know what you're talking about. I think I can bring this to the world, you know, and that's what I'm interested in. Mm, that's very hip. This is yeah. sports challenge of it, you know. <laughs> I think it's I think it'd be hilarious because you've been just hating tube amps for so long, well, and no, then for I, you I mean, to get no. Wait a minute, no. I'm being well, trying to be very clear. Amps? I love tube amps. Right, tube but, amps are like. You know, I mean, there's this there's a studio I w work in all the time here, and this guy is an amp geek, and he just has so many great amps in there. I mean, Magnetones and mm -hmm. Supros and Nationals and old Fenders and Voxes, you know, Marshalls. It's, it's like you go in to do the date, and you just kind of like I show up two hours early just to play all the amps to see which one I want to use. You know, so I love tube amps. And particularly old tube amps, like the old Gibson. Yeah, those little A one eighty five. Yeah, wow, that's like that to me is like the best amp ever. It, well, no, it's the best amp 
if I'm played like a trio last night, it's not a good amp. I need like my pro reverb. But if I'm like playing duo with another guitar or playing in a swing band or something, that is it's like so, it's honey, you know, it's just so beautiful. But it's like, again, the shit breaks all the time. That's my problem with it. I do love the sound. I do appreciate the work. I, it's the sound I'm hearing in my head. I need, I'm a, I'm a working musician. I need the shit that's going to work all the time. Well, you need it to and be I also, light. I also, unlike you, I have to carry it myself. Yeah, well, I'm not everything I do. I carry yeah. stuff sometimes, yeah, too. Yeah, no, I know what I'm saying, but yeah. you know I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I like twin reverbs, too, you know? And you ain't going to catch me lifting one yeah, into the trunk of my car. I'm 61 years old, man. I've already had one back operation. I don't need another. I like twins, man. I don't know why people dog on you twins. You like twins? See, that's what I mean. <laughs> I, I love twins. I mean, they're just, they do what well, they're designed to do. They're they loud and clean. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you know, you got to get them warm, loud. But. And they're warm. No, I, I really, man, I really. Okay, I no, no, maybe, maybe with a Strat or a Les Paul. Right. May, maybe. I'm not going to tell you. But I'm telling you, with, with my guitars, this, you know, yeah. I mean, my array of arch top guitars, I find them to be. Totally fine at low. I mean, volume. they're scooped, you know, but but they sound. If you can dial in some mids, they sound good. Yeah, I just feel like know, it, maybe it, maybe just my sound has so much mids in. I I really it, I it was a, a volume twin, thing for me. If I'm playing, I just couldn't get them loud enough to like get fat. Yeah, well, but, you know, I, I had to be. Well, they're like not. They're two not going to break up. They're no. not designed to break up. No, you know? but I I just couldn't get. So the amps would, the actually amp would start working. It'd be just like, oh, and I'd be on two and oh, yeah. with Wilson Phillips. And the they'd girls tell you, would be you're like, too loud. Turn, turn down. I'm yeah. like, I'm on two right. anymore on this amp. Just you, you ever be... pull the tubes out, the power tubes? You can do that. Yeah. But, but it doesn't cut it down. You can pull two of them right. out, right? You can pull it Yeah, and I'm, I don't really know that much about this stuff, but it doesn't cut it down half, half like you would no. think. It doesn't yeah. work that way. But it does make it a little spongier. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. kind of what I've got. The yeah. Pro Reverb. It I've, turns I've it got, to sort of a Pro or I've Super two, or something. I've got two yeah. 6L6s instead of four and one power transformer instead of two. But, you know, but I, you wouldn't be turning off the second power transformer. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I don't I, but, know. I mean, anyways, and Scott would, I'm sure, be tell, telling us that I'm full of shit. At this point in the podcast, this is this is that point. So everybody, imagine Scott telling me I'm full of ah, shit. Ah, you're full of shit. Okay. <laughs> so you you work with Wilson Phillips? Yeah, I was on the road with him wow. for like three and a half years. That's now. cool. And it was a great gig because I was doing all basically Landau and Luke at this stuff. Did you ever meet uh, Brian Wilson? Yeah, we did. did? We did. We finally opened for him in um, I think somewhere in Michigan. It was. And it was a trip, man, because obviously that's the girls, Carney and Wendy's. Did she ever talk yeah. about when he was like, you know, they'd be waiting for the school bus and he'd come out naked in a robe and like eating a sandwich oh, or something? T- just the weird, they, they told the weirdest stories about their dad. And it was, it's almost like the, the girls are so longing to have a dad. This is yeah. what the sad part about it yeah. was. The dad is like this genius, but they never really got a dad. They just... Right. Uh, our dad is Brian Wilson. He's fucking most amazing songwriter ever. But they never got a dad. He lay in bed for three years and it's just yeah, weird it's crazy. shit. There's there's a lot of. I'm a huge Brian Wilson fan, and I got to sit on stage and watch him once, and it was unbelievable. He, when we backed him up, I was like, because we met him, and you know he's, I mean, what do you do? It's Brian Wilson. You're not going to have a 
big deep conversation it was funny because they every uh show they had like a old um lounge chair that would they would bring for him and it would go everywhere and it would sit backstage and he would sit in that and just rock back and forth off to the side but he got up and played and i said to the guys i'm like i'm sure this is going to be okay you know and we watched the band i I swear there was probably it's probably better than the Beach Boys ever was. These guys, there was like eight or nine guys on stage. They all sang like fucking amazing. Yeah, and they ghost a lot of his party oh, stuff too, right? Amazing, they cover yeah. The parts I mean, Brian's not doing yeah. too much. He's yeah. he's doing it. He's leading it. But but they were amazing, like unbelievable. One yeah. of the best bands I think I've seen. They were so good. But but yeah. man, when you think about it, Brian Wilson, you know, Pet Sounds. He, he was twenty six. It, it's done. <laughs> It's already done. Where do you like, go how from do you, there, right? you start smile and you never end up with that. You never finish that because Van Dyke Parks, the Beach Boys hated him and they couldn't make sense of that that record, which I like that record too. But Pet Sounds, boom, done. 26 right. or whatever yeah. it was. The you Beatles. Know, everything only- was over. It was done, man. They were like 29. <laughs> you know? It's, it's, it's not fair. You man. know, God Only Knows was like written in I six love that. minutes or something. God, I love that song. Six minutes he wrote that. It just poured out of him. It's like... I have a... My ringtone on my phone is... Um, um, good Vibrations, Acapella, oh, Outtakes. From, wow. Yeah. So we... That was the cool thing about Wilson Phillips. We did a lot of... A lot of the Beach Boys, a lot of mamas and papas because of China and that being her parents. So it was good songs, you know, like Monday, Monday and, mm. you know, California Dreaming. I mean, to me, that was the shit. Yeah. And then when we played the Wilson Phillips stuff, it was really great because it was all those amazing LA session cats playing all those parts and just like, wow, you know. And the songwriting was so different from what's written now just to the early 90s. It's just... Right. It's so crazy different, you know, really, really cool stuff. So it was, it was a fun gig. So It sounds like a great gig. Yeah, it was, it was cool. But meeting, um, and he's, I met his, uh, I met his, his, well, his ex-wife, Carney's, and when his mum a lot, and mm. she was, uh, I'm trying to think of the band she was in now, but yeah, so much history. Did you ever see the uh, the documentary, the Don Was documentary? It's black and white. It's called I Just Wasn't Made for These Times. Early 90s. Oh, I don't think I have. And they interview his mom. She was still alive. And oh, wow. Man, it's, it's pretty pretty intense. If you if you watch it, it's... Is that know. on Netflix or something? Or I don't think it's on Netflix. I, I used to have a copy of it somewhere. Right. But it's worth seeking out. Just get one more Man, he, uh, so what's it called? I just wasn't made for these times. He's, there's one scene where he's like talking about how his dad used to, you know, hit him with a belt, and it's so, so disturbing. <coughs> dad, is that why I'm not as brilliant as I should be? Because you just didn't beat me enough. I think because Michael Jackson regret that. <laughs> <laughs> dad just, probably regrets there's it. There's still enough time. <laughs> I mean, Michael, like the Jackson 5, they had all that shit. Yeah. You know, the Wilsons. It could have been the McCubbin, Troy McCubbin. Man, he was a great songwriter. His dad used to beat him, and he just... You remember when Michael Jackson first got busted, (laughs) the ranch? And they, they, only in California would shit like this happen. They showed, like, the sheriff or whatever it was, Santa Barbara, they're going to get Michael Jackson, and... you know, they, they show him going in the house. And then, like, an hour later, they all leave this entourage. It's like 
five sheriff cars and then like an old-fashioned fire engine <laughs> and like all this it was like a circus it was literally a you know and michael jackson's riding in the fire engine and it's like all this so crazy man what are these people thinking you know i used to, i used to, years ago of when i first come to la i was doing personal training and i trained this girl who was getting married and her fiance her husband he was michael jackson's engineer for like the longest time so she'd been over there and met michael a ton of times and she said when you'd meet michael you got hey hey gone you never got that voice like hi you know the really? high voice she said that was fucking bullshit she said he talked normal low voice like that's what you got she said that was such frog shit really i was like wow what about uh elvis man there's some great elvis stories out there have you met any players that... Well, I Dr. Did, John, right? No, he... No, no he, but I, I saw him the other day, Mac, and he was talking about Elvis. He was iced. They had a, a TV show in the 50s called the Louisiana Hayride. It was a famous music show in the 50s, and everybody was on that show, Elvis and all this stuff. And he goes, I used to see Elvis Presley in the 50s, and he's like... I said to myself, this guy sucks. I mean, his songs suck. He, <laughs> he ain't got no fucking drummer. This shit is terrible. And he's like... Shows you what I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I was watching his video the other day. He was because James Burton was his guitar player, yeah. and he's from Shreveport, Louisiana, Louisiana Hayride. That's where they all met, right? You know? And there's this. It's in the seventies, and they're wearing like the karate shit and everything. And Elvis, Elvis goes, "I'm gonna give my." Uh, he's giving the band a little solo parts. So he goes, "James Burton, Shreveport, Louisiana. Go and pick a little bit, James." So he starts playing, and all he's playing some chicken picking. And all of a sudden, he goes into these little thirteen jazzy sliding. And Elvis goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. keep it rock and roll, James. Keep it rock and roll." <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever meet James? I have met him. Oh, yeah. you met him? Yeah. Yeah. How, nice what about cat. Cropper? You, yeah, I've met yeah. Cropper, sure. How, how are those cats? I was supposed to play a Cropper 60th birthday party. That was years ago, but I couldn't do it because oh. the Nevilles had a gig oh, and I couldn't man. get out of it. Damn. Yeah. But I don't know, I don't know him that well. Right. Yeah, I've met him, sure. Yeah. He seems pretty cool. I saw him one time in, a, in an airport uh, and he had a guitar with him and I said... Uh, man, is that your old telly? Could I check it out? And he pulls it out of the case. He goes, nope, this is my PV, my signature. I said, wow, this is a nice guitar, you know. I said, well, that's cool. And uh, you don't play your Fender telly anymore? And he goes, once you get a Cadillac, it's hard to go back. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so the PV is the Cadillac? I don't, wow. So the Fender is, it should be in a museum, you know. Big time, the song's on that thing. Yeah. I know, man. I love Cropper. Man, Otis Redding, all yeah, that stuff. All man. that stuff. And you've got to you got to hang some, just through the gigs, and that you've got to meet some amazing. Cats. I have. I've been lucky, man. Yeah, I have. It's been a lot of cool hangs. Lots. Yeah. Lots. To me, except I think- tonight. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Kind of bomb. No, I'm just. Hey, no, I, can, I, I, I get this vibe. You know, I mean, he thought he was going to hang out with Scott Henderson, and now he's stuck with us. I'm joking. I'm Bruce. sorry about I, that, man. I'm, I've I'm hung really, with Scott. You know, sorry, man. <laughs> I think know. Scott might have just said, you know, man, I don't want to see this cat. You know, he's going to talk shit about. Well, now you GIT. can. We can talk about Scott. What was? Can I tell one story? Tell more than one. Tell stories. 
I feel like, I mean, I'm, tell me if I'm talking too much. I know I'm talking way too much. That's the whole point. You're here. <laughs> I, know. You I figure that's what it is. I'm wanking. But Scott, <laughs> one day Scott well, would play too, this. Well, that too, but you can keep talking. He played this it. lick. You know, I, I used to see him open counseling. That was it. But one yeah. day he played this lick, and it was uh, it was like this diminished thing. And it was it was like a Chick Corea thing, like, you know, Chick Corea descending thing. But Scott did it like, and it was a diminished thing going down and whatever. And, and Scott goes, man, it's like, you know, it's like this, and it's diminished. It goes down in thirds, and so you can use it over this and that. So I get the fingering down, and I, I couldn't get the phrasing right. And Scott goes, man, it's like this thing. I played on this chick record, and it, you know, it's kind of a chick thing. I should have never played this stupid shit on that record. And that's what he said. And he goes, but you know, it's like this. And I, and he goes, no, 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 man, it's a quintuplet. It's like, the, look, phrase it like this: Scientology, 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 Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> and I never forgot that lick. Scientology, and that's tough. You know, one uh, yeah, Scott doesn't like to bring up Chick Corea at all. Hey, no, he does. No, he, <laughs> no, he, no, I'm not being. He bitches about it. He bitches about it, but he bitches about it a lot. Maybe he's over at the Scientology <laughs> building now. Man, I remember they would be like, we'd be sitting in open council, and it would be like me and two other guy, U.S. guys, and it would be like all these guys from France, you know, <laughs> and they would sit there and just shove the tape recorder, and you know, and I could tell it bothered Scott, but he was cool about it, and Scott was like. Yeah, man. I got. I'm sorry, guys. I got to leave early today. You know, I got to go out with Zao and all. And and um and they're like, and I was, I was like, where are you going? Oh, we have to go to France. Man, fuck. I hate going over there. I just don't want to go. It's like everybody in there is French. You know. <laughs> he is a bit negative sometimes. Scott's diplomatic. <laughs> but his, you know, the stuff he said back then, and the stuff like Dan Gilbert and those guys said, man. It's totally true, man. I remember how Robert's saying at orientation, he goes, look, you're going to learn all this stuff and you're going to hear all these things. And at the end of, you know, in 20 years from now, you're going to be able to take an index card and go, everything that's important, I could fit on this index card. An arpeggio is an arpeggio. A scale is a scale. This is this. And, it's, you know, so don't lose track of it. Now I finally get it, man. All those lessons were like, you know, I listened to one of the podcasts, Bruce, you were talking about practicing and managing time. Yeah. And that is dead on, man, because Howard had a thing where he would do 20 minutes with a timer. And I still use that to this day. And it, 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 it's a way of organizing everything. Like half the shit I do, I could never get done if I didn't use that method. Wait, so, so what you... What you well, his thing was you take a timer. Have you ever heard that, Howard? Yeah. Oh, well, you tell it. You knew no, Howard. You, know, you tell it. You talk... No, come on. You got it. No, because I didn't I know... I didn't know Howard. He, I just read his book and he... Well, what was... What well, you, you take a, 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 a timer, kitchen timer, and you, you come up with all your subjects that you're going to work on and it, it might just be like you're learning a diminished scale and then maybe you just learn the first three strings and that's mm -hmm. it. And you set the time for 20 minutes and all you do is focus on that. Nothing else. You don't doodle, you nothing. Noodle. You just play that over and over and focus on it. When the timer goes off, you're done. That's it. You move on to something else. Wow. And it seems overly simplistic, but what happens is... According what I had read, that Howard said that it was like 20, 25 minutes is the average attention span where your maximum learning takes place. 
and after that it starts to diminish yeah and so you maximize the 20 minutes and man you get like way more shit done because you're so focused you're so focused i use it for charts i use it for everything yeah because i'll i'll just go okay for 20 minutes sometimes 30 minutes i'm just gonna knock out these jobs see how much i get done and if i turn my phone off and everything off just focus on that it's it's time management man then 30 minutes i'm like wow i actually knocked out almost three of these charts yeah amazing right yeah yeah well time you know i mean for school kids i mean for all of us this is never changes but particularly for college age kids you know they're making that transition they've had middle school and high school and parents everybody's managing their time for them this is the first time in their life where they're actually in charge of that and they get into universities and like teachers we don't care if they don't do their work we just flunk them Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter Hey, we tell you the first week there's a midterm that's gonna you're gonna need to turn in a paper that's this long, or you're gonna have to have this together by the midterm. We tell you in the first week. We never mention it again. Yeah. And in the midterm, you're and then what do the kids do the first semester? They they forget all about it, and then the day the night before the midterm, <laughs> they're up all night long trying to get this thing together, whether it's writing a paper or learning something or being prepared for something that they could have been, they should have been preparing for for seven weeks. Right. Yeah, you cram. And, yeah. and it's all bad. It's all, you know, they, they, they don't have the skills because yeah. they were kids and their parents and school was managing those things for them. Then they get out in the world, and it, you're an adult now all of a sudden in college, and you, this is your responsibility, and if you don't do it, well, you flunk. It's okay. You know, we don't care. We'll flunk it because guess what? you got to take the class again. We'll get more money. Right. <laughs> you know, and so... Um, you bastards. And, well, no, and the same thing is true in, in the real world, though. Yeah. If, you, if you bypass college and go out in the real world, if I tell you we got a gig tomorrow and you need to know all these tunes, you learn them. Yeah. We got a gig in two weeks, and you need to know all these tunes. Well, that gave you two weeks to learn some. And if you're smart, you'll manage your time so you can incrementally get them together. So by the time that two weeks is up, you're ready to deal with it. But if it's a three-day crunch, then it's a different kind of, you know, it's time management. Yeah. Understanding how to do that. And it, is, it never changes as an adult, but that transitional moment from kind of getting out of the nest right. and figuring it out for yourself... That's where those kids have so much trouble. And I'm very well aware of it because I've seen it so much and I try to help them. Of course, I'm a guy who, like, when they, when they get older, they tell me, man, what you told me was so right on. But in, while they're doing it, it's, I'm, I'm just this old fart who's, like, just another asshole who's telling them what to do. You know? <laughs> but that's, that's it, man. What do they say? Uh, it, you, you don't really, really understand stuff until you get older. And, like, now I'm... I'm thinking my dad lost my dad last year but my mom stuff they'd say i go they're right yeah they don't even understand the whole situation what i'm dealing with but it's there's a lot of wisdom in that shit you yeah know? so man that's you know you're really true i mean and you know i don't know whatever age that happens to you you know it's really heavy shit and you know i, I mean i can think of how there's an arrogance of youth that that you that you know you get kicked in the balls enough, life kicks you in the balls and, and you lose that. 
you yep, know. But yep. you think you know what they they you know somebody tells you, hey man, this da 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 da. What the fuck? He you know he doesn't understand. You know he doesn't know what the fuck it is. And then you get through it and you go, oh, yeah, right. You know, and yet that's the way it is. It's just continual. I mean, you know, we are we are reliving. Something that's that's There's nothing new under stone. the sun. That shit has been. This going. is the way it's always been. It's always been so like that. Why? Why is it that when you think about it, all the music, majority of the music we love and cherish, is by a bunch of young people, right? Well, I don't know. Not necessarily. Well, like if you look at a lot of the, the historical bands, I mean, you think of any artists, a lot of them were really young. I can't think yeah. of anyone older that broke and changed oh, oh, the world. Oh, broke, yeah. 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 But they've all, I mean, artists obviously establish itself and then get older and we, we follow I them. I think it depends on the genre. I mean, for pop and rock, yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. And then plus, I think that's what, the business supports that. So you yeah. get your your method of uh, your medium you know your budget and everything to be able to make a record but there there's also the arrogance of ignorance you know the youth Mm -hmm. i mean like that orson wells you know who was this young i mean bob dylan but you know orson wells was like this guy who came on the scene everybody knew he was this brilliant writer and visionary and like he invented these cinematography techniques and, you know, I heard him interviewed, and it was just like, he told the cinematographer what he saw. And they told him, you can't do that with a camera. And he says, no, you do it with a camera. He was this a is badass. See. And so they had to figure it out, because he, he could see what he wanted to see. And they had to figure out how to make the shit do it. Well, the same thing is like Woody Guthrie. Bob Dylan telling stories. They could see shit that the rest of us couldn't see and they could put it in words. Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa. Yeah. I mean, there's we can name, you know, a million people. You know, the Gershwins, Ravel, you know, I mean, Hank Williams. I think you're right. Young people, like, it, and it's having the balls to believe in yourself enough at that age. Right. And, and just go, you know what? I'm not jumping on that wagon. This is what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I, I got another story. I remember this bass player at MI... I, I wasn't friends with him, but he was from Sweden, and he was he was we were hanging one night. I remember he he had played in Ingve's band, Ingve Malmsteen, and I, I remember we were all like, "Wow, man, what's Ingve like? What's Ingve like?" Yeah, and he goes uh, he goes, "Man, you want to hear something about Ingve?" He's like, "Ingve was 18, and they're in the middle of you know God knows where Sweden, you know, and Gene Simmons from Kiss calls up. He had heard him in the the guitar player column. He goes, "Look." Uh, be interested in having you join KISS. Now, Ingve doesn't know anybody. He's in Sweden. He's 18 years old. At that time, KISS was still one of the biggest rock bands in the world. And Ingve goes, I will do it on my own. Wow. You know, that's like some balls, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, that's, you and know. that's believing in yourself enough to where, you know, I, I, I have the greatest respect for guys like, like, like yourself, Bruce, and Scott, and that just do their own thing. Man, I wish I could have done that shit. Even though people hate it. No, they don't hate it. What are you talking about? I saw the people in there last night. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, but to retain that, and you know, I mean, I don't feel completely worthy of your esteem, but, um, 
there are other guys who, you're right, who just like hang on their train and go for it, you know. I mean, that's never been my thing 100% because of the apprentice nature of jazz, apprenticeship nature of jazz, you know what I mean? It's like I had my own thing that I wanted to do. I still do. I'm still following it. But, you know, there's a big part of it that's just in order to be in the style of music that I want to play, you have to apprentice to these people to get it. You can't just do your own thing and really embrace where I, you know what I'm, what I need. Sure. You know what I'm, the nurturing isn't there. Whereas like, you know, we talked to, you know, Josh, you know, Josh Smith. I know he is. I don't know him personally. Yeah, yeah, and right. Kirk Fletcher and, yeah. and Bonamassa, they were all like buddies together. Oh, wow. When they were kids. You know, they, you mean the 12-year-old blues hero, yeah. you know, things. You play with B.B. King and do all that stuff. And like, as it went on, Josh, you know, got the gig with Rafael Sadiq, you know, mm -hmm. had a family and did some amazing things along with his solo career. And Kirk, too. Joe was the Joe Bonamassa machine. Always and always that. And now you look at it and Joe is... Well, I, I mean, met Joe I mean, years ago. He's a very talented guy, but I'm just saying they're all very talented guys. But Joe kept on the track. And while they kind of did this and that and this and that, Joe was... Yeah. Joe and Joe. And so now they're working for Joe a lot of the time. They're in his band, you know. I'm just saying that I have the, so much respect for those cats. I and mean, I met him years ago, and he was he was talking about how frustrated he was. He was trying to get on the G3 tour, and yeah. like he couldn't do it. And he was doing this and that. And I'm so happy that I was telling somebody today, man. I don't care. It, it, Joe Bonamassa is a great player, but even if they're not on that level, if some cat is out there playing guitar and making money, it only helps everybody because it's oh, making yeah, the, the totally thing viable, you know. That's I'm, a totally my, different, sub totally different yeah. subject. You know, my point is that Joe believed in himself, stayed true to himself, worked his his brand, if for any mm -hmm. want of a better reason, and he has, he is now reaping the rewards. And right. he's, of course, worthy of it musically. Yeah. I mean, if he wasn't, Let's hope he wouldn't have made the success, but he <laughs> might have. Um, but the, the fact, you're right. I mean, there's that. And and then there's the other thing. It's like, yeah, great guitar playing, people out listening to it. That's good for everybody. Right. I think it does. I think it's a trickle-down thing. I mean, the whole idea is, I believe that ultimately we're all supposed to, we're all different people. And so when we pick up, this is the paintbrush. This is a, a, a hammer and a, you know, a toolkit. And what we create with this thing is what is important, not what we do to this thing. And, you know, and that is, only comes from each one of us. So how, you know, we, it's really, it, we're seen as competing with each other, but how can we really, we're all so different people. I mean, right. it's just like having this conversation, we're competing with each other. It's not, and it, it's, yeah, it's rough. But it'd be, I guess, well, I at guess the, end of the, the economics day, of it. And, you the know, economics, and you got to look at it. Sometimes I, you know, I complain. That's the nature of the musician is to complain, no matter how good the scenario is. Yeah, I, I'm guilty of it. More than anybody, man. What do you complain most about? Uh, traveling or, you know, just like having to, you know, I wish I was doing my own shit or blah, blah. I mean, anything, man. Fill in the blanks, you know. And then I have to slap myself and say, Shane, you know what? You're playing a piece of wood with steel strings 
plucking the thing, like making noise, and you're getting paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not a, people were digging you're ditches. You're more than and getting doing paid. Shit. You're actually getting adulation, and you're involved in some really iconically. Well, uh, I'm just saying that's stuff. like uh, I'm not yeah. trying to over. Uh, yeah, I know. it's just you have to put it in perspective, man. You know, I think musicians. Um, it's weird. Like the higher up the chain they get. Yes, they complain more. Sometimes, you know? it's, well, yeah, they, they say, you know, you don't want to make a musician complain. <laughs> Give him a job. Give yeah. him a gig. Yeah. You know. But what, what about the cats, say, a, a lot of players out there that are maybe, you know, older and they didn't maybe achieve the success they the bitter wanted. Bitter cats? So oh, the bitter, bitter cats. Yeah, bitter cats. I heard a story about one cat today that was just beautiful. Can you tell it? Uh, yeah, I won't mention his name because I don't know if the guy who told me if it's it's this one guy in, in back east who's you know badass. We all know about him, but he didn't really kind of emerge as a big time. He didn't live in New York City and didn't play with any you know the heavy cats. He was outside, you know, out you know whatever, and uh, and supposedly like Schofield was a big fan of his too. And like, kind of put out the word through a couple of common friends that he'd like, you know, he heard that this guy had a gig and he was gonna, he wanted to go hang at the gig and he asked if he could like play with him, you know, and like, of course the club like went nuts and like the place was packed. This guy was so pissed off and I guess Sko got up and set up his gear and you know it was like a couple of Vox amps, you know, it was like this guy's probably like me you know i could see me being this asshole actually and uh you know and the guy's probably just sitting there and he's watching all this shit get set up and it's just pissing him off you know it's just like it's too loud already kind of shit you know and 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 then he just like really treated sco super bad mm. really super bad like the whole night he made sco wait he, the first set he played didn't ask him to play played the whole second <laughs> set almost at the very end he asked sco to play sco plays a couple tunes the end sco supposedly i mean this is again all hearsay hearsay and sco like said hey man you know god it was like really such an honor to you know finally meet you and hear you and get to play with you and i guess he was kind of, you know, maybe even stupidly vulnerable at that moment by saying something so nice to this guy. And the guy just like, I don't know what the fuck you were playing, man. Why you had to play so fucking loud. And, oh, you know, my God. He just wow. like shat all over him. And it's like, there you have it. Yeah. You know? Wow. But uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> and on a high I could <laughs> see a guy wanting to sit in with me, and I'd say, yeah, sure, especially if he was, like, really famous, you know what I mean, and I didn't know him, and then, like, all the people in the club are here because he's there. I could see how that would hurt on that level, and then he's got a bunch of fucking equipment. And I could see how all that could really push a lot of the wrong buttons right. in a person. Yeah, well, it's ego, man. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, you know, I mean, ego. but, button, you know, I mean, it is, of course, that's what it is. But still, there's a lot of button push in there, you know what I mean? A lot of stuff that, that, that like, when somebody really is mean to you or, or, like, vibes you or does something, it has nothing to do with you. It has like, only to do with them. Well, something inside them is, is causing this reaction. And, of course, we, because it's all directed at us, 
we sort of take it on, you know what I mean, in some weird way. But, of course, none of it comes. These people don't even know us. Well, I've heard that theory, like, you know, uh, used on, like, if somebody cuts you off on the freeway, it's, you know, don't take it personally. It's not about you. They could be having a bad day. I I don't know how that all... You're talking about just music-specific. I'm talking specifically music, yeah. I mean, (laughs) because, yeah, yeah, I thought you were, like, generally, like, a life... No, 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 I'm talking about, you know, when it... it, it, Or, or, you know, you're just, like... you're, you're nice to somebody and they fucking snap, you know, they just turn around and be a complete asshole to you. Yeah. You know, that's, that has nothing to do with you. They don't even, you're not even in their worlds. They're yeah. just like pissed off and dumping a bunch of shit on your head. They don't even know you. They don't even, you know, I mean, it's not. But don't you think people can attract that to themselves? I, you know, I wonder about that. I knew this bass player. I won't mention his name. It's a great bass it's a player. A lot of that. I'm yeah, get I can't. That on the I can't because he would be really pissed. And he played with a lot of big people. And he, you know, he's a great guy, but he's got a bad temper, man. And uh, we, I remember, man, we were walking, and it was like in, it was in Idaho on a Sunday morning. We're walking through this town. There's nobody around. I swear to God, there's nobody around. Walking around. Five minutes later, we come up to this park. A hundred yards away. There's these two guys and this girl on a picnic bench in this park. You can barely see them, man. Yeah. And there's nobody around. It's a beautiful day, and I'm walking with this cat. And all of a sudden, this guy's, like, asking for a light or something. Like, hey, man, you got a light, or motioning to us. And my friend just, like, sh- flips him off, like, keeps walking. All of a sudden, these guys are chasing us. <laughs> you know? I mean, chasing us, like... I, you know, I ran back to the hotel. The other guy just stayed out. But I saw this shit happen so many times, and he would just attract stuff. Right. Now, that was a, he was asking for, but there were other, right, right. other he, ones where he would die. He didn't do anything, and bad shit would happen. <laughs> Something would go down. And I'm convinced that people have that, that energy. capability. Right. Sure, there's sort of an aura or something, whatever you want to call it. I mean, not to get too metaphysical, but. You look at the way dogs react sure to people. You're not from California. <laughs> hey man, I'm, I fit right in. <laughs> Damn, you almost, land yeah, you almost get a nuts. resident card with that one. Yeah. Now, with all the, the different cats you've got to, to see over the years and the, the situations you're in, like especially these high-profile players and people you've met that almost live in their bubble, like they've got their bubble because they're so successful and they're, they're big. Do you find that a lot of those cats are just so removed from reality? It's, it's almost it's hilarious in some aspects. No, I haven't. I haven't found that. Oh, well, the, actually, the bigger guys are the more down to earth guys. Yeah, but they're still in a bubble because they have to be. I guess because yeah. so. people are just hitting on them. Yeah, like people the prettiest yeah. chick yeah. in a bar. You're like the prettiest chick in a biker bar. People can be really You know, assholes. I mean, you got you got to it, at some point. It's a good you, analogy. You have to insulate yourself. Yeah. Or you'll you just you lose all of your free your your community. You lose all your family. You lose all your free time. Yeah. You lose all your sanity. Yeah. So they they create this bubble, which is really created by their handlers, people. their yeah. people, and it's just because if they didn't have it, they would have nothing. I yeah. mean, the, the world would would take that part away from I, I believe I mean I know you know like I'm friends with a lot of really famous people and yeah I mean they're and when you get to know them you know you may not agree with their you know politics or whatever but they're really cool people yeah 
the I the the most one of the most famous. I mean, I never worked with like you're acting like I worked with you know a hundred famous people. I mean, I've never. Well, you named more I, I, in, in like five minutes than you know. I know. I name I drop. Can. I name drop like. You know, like my good buddy Paul McCartney say, you should never name drop. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was, yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, I worked on this. I, I, was ta I was talking with Jesus the other day.
say we hate people. That's why I hate doing these things. People ask you things and you talk about stuff and you feel like, man, I feel like such a, you know. No, it doesn't come. I don't right. think it comes across like that at all. But I, I got to work on this movie called My Own Love Song a few years back. And Nick Nolte was one of the stars. So I got hired as his guitar coach. And that turned into a month, right? I was with Nick for like a month all over the place. He'd come over to my house. We'd like, I would hang with him on set. And he was supposed to play like, it was like a 30-second clip playing the slide guitar thing. <laughs> and I had to coach him, man. And he just wanted to hang. Yeah. And that right there could be a whole, I could tell you stories about Nick. Unbelievable. And he is in a bubble. But it's a genius. Like his, you watch him and you go, wow, why is that guy such a great actor? Well, he's just fucking crazy. And he just plays himself. Yeah. But he's a, he's a sweetheart of a guy. Right. Yeah. That being said, that being said, try when all the lights and all the cameras and all the money's going down, try being yourself, you know, in, in that situation. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's where those guys are amazing. You know, like Dexter Gordon did that. I don't know if you saw that movie, Round Midnight. Yeah, he, sure. You know, like, every, you know, and like, he was, I think, even up for an Academy Award or a Golden Globe. And it was, what do you mean? He just played himself. And I said, okay, you try and be yourself. Have you, do you know what it's like to be in a movie? Do you, have you ever seen a set where, like, the camera's, like, right in your face? And you're, you try being yourself when somebody's got a camera up your ass. You right. know what I mean? When you're, they put you out for a colonoscopy. They don't put you out on the set of a Hollywood movie. Right. <laughs> I went over his, his hotel room one day, and it was, it was early in the morning. And, uh... And Nick's in bed, and he's got this suite, the W Hotel. And he goes, yeah, I'll be right out in a minute. Just uh, there's some coffee and some waiting. And he's got two guitar, like UPS had delivered some guitars. Right. And they're, uh, they're the, the guitar boxes, the cardboard boxes. He goes, open one of those up. There's one of my uh, guitars I got shipped from Malibu. So I open the thing, and I, I feel a guitar neck, like no case. So I pull it. It's just like packing peanuts. It's like a beautiful PRS, no case. <laughs> Open the other one. It's like a, 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 a Ernie Ball. And he goes, yeah, Ed, uh, Eddie sent that to me. He's my neighbor, and I uh, got that one. And uh, and he goes, I need to buy some guitar cases. You know where we could go? And I go, yeah, there's a guitar. Thing. He goes, let me just give me a few minutes. Let me get dressed. So I swear, man, like two minutes go by, and I hear his feet go boom, boom, and he walks out. He goes, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> he put on slippers and a robe, and we went. I swear to God, I, we went to a guitar store. I have pictures of me giving gu guitar lessons to Nick at like three in the afternoon. He's like got a robe on. He's like totally naked, sitting there, like hair. He was the greatest dude, man. I, love I loved that. it. I loved him, man. We went here the Black Crows, and we we hang. I took him to Maple Leaf to hear Rebirth Brass Band. I just liked his energy. Oh, he's man. crazy as shit. But I felt so alive, man, hanging with him. <laughs> That's awesome. And anybody you can talk about in Hollywood, he's, phew, I used to live with her and her brother. And, you know, he produced Apocalypse. Now, I didn't want to be in that picture. I recommended Marty, you know. <laughs> he would talk to me like I knew all these people. Right. You know, he would just talk to me like I was down to earth with him, you know. But it, you talk about out of reality, man. And the guitar shit would be like, it was like 30 minutes. I'd show him something. and I'd leave my little champ, my little blackface champ over. For I'd show up the next day, the shit would still be on. You know, it was like, it was, he flooded the hotel room one night. Uh, towels everywhere. 
you know, oh, I took a bath and I forgot to turn the water off. It's like <laughs> unbelievable shit. Yeah. How do these people get through? Yeah. I fucking love He took and we went to this guitar store, man. There was like there's like a it was a 335. It was expensive as shit. It was like fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. And Nick goes, I used to have one of those. I got it from Dickie Betts. I go, wow, Dickie Betts, man, all my brothers. And he goes, you know, I did this picture called Return to Macon County. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, it was in the 70s. And he goes, we shot it in Georgia. And, and Dickie came, and we were doing acid. And I was about to do this car chase scene. And Dickie goes, is it okay if I get in the back of the car and lay in the back while you do the scene? I said, sure. <laughs> so he's Dickie Betts is laying in the car while they do like what he's car chasing. Like nobody even knows his shit. He's telling me all this stuff. That, it was like a month, over a month. Oh, my you know. God. That's awesome. Do you guys still speak? No, I was giving him Skype lessons for a while. Right. And then uh, it, I would show him like the, the, you know, the simplest Chuck Berry, like, no string bending, just slide yeah. And he, it was like somebody had shown him like a light bulb. Right. And he would email me, man, this is great. Let's keep it going. And then I, I didn't hear from him again. And I tried to contact him and I, I never heard from him, man. I tried to call him a few times. I never heard from him again. He's doing acid. <laughs> but I really <laughs> liked working with him, and you know, yeah, does, yeah. does uh, That's anyway. Fucking awesome. I well, Nick's on the phone. He wants to talk. Yeah. yeah. I, hey, listen up. I didn't, didn't. I didn't know anyone cool. I did Terry Hatcher. Oh wow! I yeah, used to like her. That was pretty cool for a little bit. I'd go to yeah. a house and <laughs> I'd have all these. Like fantasies going on, like oh Terry's gonna come out and be like, Troy, come, <laughs> maybe you should come to my room and show me the G string and yeah. stuff like this. I mean, but it was completely the opposite to that. I was so I was a lot younger, obviously, but she'd uh, she'd come out and she'd sit down and I'd be just in awe. I'm like, I'm oh, Terry Hatcher, you know, I'm teaching her chords, and she'd be like, Yeah, we should write, and I'm about to do. Um, broadway and this and that and yeah we should write i'd love to write an album and then she'd like take off and deal with her daughter and yeah it was pretty cool for it was not meant bit. to be yeah it wasn't meant to be we weren't meant to uh to have that musical love story but you could imagine all in the my gear. head imagine I all was, the gear you could have acquired i did that and i did um i took lessons to one of sting's sons oh wow and that was a trip because i walked in the day to go give lessons sting is at the kitchen table in his shorts playing acoustic guitar in malibu and i walk in he's like you're the guitar teacher and i'm like yeah and he goes good because i've just about got this e chord down i wonder if you can help me with it and i'm just like ah. <laughs> but he, he was he was really cool his his kid was a trip but it was it was a fun time but yeah terry was she was really cool damn <laughs> I love all those type of stories, man. Like, the craziest shit can happen sometimes. I told you this one last night. That's funny. I, I should tell. Uh, tell the guitar wake. Tell, yeah, yeah, tell. Well, I, 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 I wasn't working with Dr. John at this point. It was another friend of mine that was, but I've heard the story and seen the pictures. And, and, uh, and I call him Mac. But Mac's playing in, in Tokyo, Blue Note. And Eric Clapton's playing the next night at the Tokyo Dome, you know, and he's hanging out. And Mac and Eric Clapton have been friends for years. Mac played on a bunch of his records and stuff. And so Eric walks backstage at Blue Note. Mac's talking to somebody, and Eric goes up, and he goes, Oh, Mac, oh, yeah. And he goes, Hey, Eric, how you doing, man? He goes, Oh, I'm playing Tokyo Dome. want to say hi. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And he goes, 
I suppose it'd be okay if I sit in tonight. And, and Mac looks at it, he looks at his friend, you know, and he goes, hey, it's cool with me, but you're going to have to ask my guitar player. You know, I don't know if that's cool with him, you know. And so Eric's sort of confused, you know. And Matt goes right back to his conversation with his friend. And so Eric's just standing there. So he, he walks up to this guy, you know, and he's asking him, is it okay if I play your guitar, you know. And I told him this guy had a canary yellow strap with like star stickers on it and like a Kaler tremolo instead there's a picture of Eric Clapton playing that guy. <laughs> oh, it's so good man and one night Mac goes uh, man you can cut all this shit out too I just it's just funny I just want to tell no, you guys no, Mac, Mac told me he goes he's got the greatest stories man and he goes uh, he says uh there was a guy named James Booker, who's a famous New Orleans piano player. They, you should watch his documentary sometime. He was a nut, man, but what? he was a genius, dude. And he was in his band, and Mac goes, man, Booker used to con these record producers into giving us money. We'd make records for all these cats from England. And, and he goes, we work with one, man. This dude was going to, like, kill Booker, man, the manager. And I said, who was it? He goes, hey, it was a guitar player's manager. And he goes, but this guy sucked. He was, we did a bunch of tracks. He was terrible. I said, really? I wonder who it was. He goes, ah, I can't remember. He, he and Mac goes, ah, my memory banks ain't what they were. So uh, <laughs> a couple hours later, he's like, he calls me Shazane. He goes, Shazane, I remember that guitar player. I said, who? And he goes, Jeff Beck. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Jeff Beck, Mac? And he goes, that motherfucker was terrible. He sucked. <laughs> he goes, he sucked, man. He <laughs> Wish you could hear me that joke. Oh my god, that'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> you, I was telling Troy, man, you know, any like historic shit, like, you know, you were talking about the band, you know, yeah. uh, The Last Waltz. Mac was there. Yeah. You ask him about that shit, or like, what was it like to work with John Lennon on yeah. Imagine, or what was it like to yeah. blah, 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 or, you know, Sonny and Cheryl, he calls them. Yeah, I used to work with Sonny and Cheryl <laughs> and Phil Spectra. <laughs> and he, I said, yeah, the wall of sound, right? And he goes, that was like a wall of bullshit. <laughs> that motherfucker was skimming. You know, he it totally skews and, and ruins your whole, like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what was Imagine like, man? That was such a great... Eh, it was all right. <laughs> you, know, you, should, you should hear this cat like Honey Boy, blah, blah. You know, that's the shit. You know, people nobody ever heard of. But Jeff Beck, you know, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, you know. Anyway. Where'd you work with him? Oh, man, I've done tons of stuff with Matt. Really? Touring and recording. And, yeah. yeah. How I'm old is he actually now? supposed to be producing his record coming up. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's about 73 now. Yeah. And still playing all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's, he's slowed down a lot, man. But right. he's, he's still out there, man. Yeah. Wow. He was in the he was in the Wrecking Crew. There's a video on YouTube of Sonny and Sh Sonny and Cher playing, and it's like uh, Gold Star Recording Studios, Hollywood, California. This is the making of a rock and roll album. And this yeah. is the studio musicians, and they pan the room, and, and it's everybody's got their suits, chain smoking, and you see Barney Kessel, yeah. and then you see Mac. He's yeah. right there. <laughs> And uh, man, what a what a story that cat has, man! Cats, that's that's the kind of stuff I want to hear about. Like those stories are just because I don't want them to die with the guys, you know. I want to hear that shit. Well, that's why I started my little uh, 
the thing I do where I interview yeah. people and I try to get those guys because their stories well, are also gone. Do and, do take the opportunity to talk to the two well, or three people that listen to this. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not doing a plug. I just meant no, no, those no, cats no, no. I want here. you to. Well, yeah, mine, I'm asking no, you to. Where do we? It's, it's a, where do we the go? same as yours. It's a iTunes and Stitcher. What's and all it that. called? It's called the Riff Raff. The Riff Raff. And okay. I started a few years ago, and I only have about. It has less than 20 episodes. Oh, but, man, I want to listen. But I've got Sko, and Sko is actually one of the first ones. And <laughs> Stern awesome. and uh, Mike Stern. And, but I don't just do guitar players. I have uh, yep. George Porter Jr. from The Meters. I had a lot of New Orleans cats. Yep. Um, John Oates, John Leventhal, Warren Demartini from Rat, who was one of my guitar oh, heroes. Wow. And, you know, rode around a car in Hollywood, and we talked. and So stuff like that. Yeah. And... Um, just it's mainly to preserve those stories man we don't talk about gear and all that shit we talk yeah. about like life le- i try to squeeze little life lessons out and stories and i try to get art neville man i try and he's in the hospital now i don't know if it's gonna happen i'm kind of sad about that i mean he's he's doing okay but right how old is he now stories man it's unbelievable like like there's a tune called um what was that tune called Shadooky do. <laughs> if you, it's an old New Orleans R&B tune. If you listen to this shit, man, that's where rock and roll came from, man. Yeah, you know, it's where it came from. Earl Palmer, who ended up out here, but he's from New Orleans. All those beats, all that shit came from New Orleans. You ask Steve Jordan, check that stuff out. And Shadooky do, it's like Art Neville, they were, the Hawkettes. Those guys were like 16, 17 years old, man, the early fifties. And there's a guitar solo, and it is distorted and nasty and raunchy, and it's like pre-everything and i asked mac and art neville man what's the story and he goes man the the tube blew up and the speaker was fucked up and we just kept going because it sounded hip (laughs) and and then i and then art and i asked mac and he goes yeah that's what happened and you know what that was the first guitar solo that ever was recorded with extortion Oh, man. And he's probably right, because that yeah. was like, God, man, that was 50s, early, you know. And those stories, man, it, they just don't have that shit. Like Lee Dorsey, you know that tune, Everything I'm Gonna Do is Gonna Be Funky. It starts out, this guy goes, Everything I Do Gonna Be Funky. And then you hear, and I asked Art, who is that? He goes, that was the engineer, and he was from like out in the country somewhere, and we had never heard anybody talk like that. And he was just striping the tape, and we're like, man, you got to leave. Alan Toussaint, he's like, we got to leave this on. This is like so hip. Who's going to know that shit <laughs> right. when these guys are gone? Right. So that's why I started trying to record all this stuff, you know, just so to keep it together, man. Man, that's killer. Riff Raff. Right? Yeah, it's called the Riff Raff. Yeah, the yeah. Riff Raff or just Riff Raff? I don't know. I guess it's the Riff Raff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man, I want to check that out. Everyone should check that out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, those stories are going to disappear, and no one tends to write a lot of that shit down. You know, nobody does. And and I love you guys' podcast too. I mean, I it's I listen to podcasts on a subway or in, you know on an airplane and I, the one you were telling the other day when scott was talking about the dude that threw the turd out the window <laughs> i swear man i i was on a flight and i started laughing out loud and people were staring it was funny as shit it was funny and then after troy like 
said, oh, my God, and started laughing again. I just lost it. And it's funny, like, because I, I never knew what this place looked like, you know, until yeah. now. And, and now, you're just you're listening to it and you form your, your own thing. Now you've, you know? you've destroyed all those great images you probably had. Well, it's like, you know, seeing how the Millennium Falcon is really a prop. You know, and you're like, well, that's not really a yeah, really a big thing. It is it's not really that cool Basically, anymore. just like my playing in my career, it's all a facade. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> it's true. I Like, obviously, you're traveling a lot, but sometimes you're on the plane and you can't get anything else working. But you can sometimes, if you've got your phone set up, you can listen to a podcast and it's it's great you i put love your headphones it. in and you just you disappear you know i listen to yeah i listen to guitar wank and i listen to a couple of jude gold's got one and i yep. listen to uh drummers uh there's one called drummers resource and there's another one called i'd hit that and it's a drum <laughs> thing and i don't know who this guy is because he doesn't say his name and he's very sporadic with the episodes, but he's funny as shit. Yeah. I think he's out here in L.A. and he interviews all these big guys. But he talk. It's just like guitar wank, but drums. Oh wow! And they talk. It's just one guy, and, they, and you know, it's funny, man. I if know. we if we had him on the show, if the worlds would collide. Yeah. Who's your dream have? guest? I know you have a few. I think probably f- for me, God, it'd have to be Eddie Van Halen. Oh God! Look right it'd have to be eddie he's the he's like one of the only hero i've gotten to hang and actually know a lot of my guitar i've never met eddie i've who's who's some of the people that you met that you were just like fuck man i can't believe i mean i mean i still do that with bruce and scott yeah but um, i just met bruce but i knew of him yeah and, but I, you know scott was a hero of mine absolutely man um is there I, is some plays where you're just like god i can't believe we're even um, i got to meet this guy and sometimes sometimes it can be weird where you you, you don't you're like man i wish i hadn't well that what guy. i was going to say about eddie is I, I know a lot of people that worked with him like right. i had a guitar tech who was eddie's tech zeke clark and okay. he was Eddie's tech during the Sammy days. Yep. And I've worked with Sammy. And I, I, I mean, I've worked on the show and sat in with him a few times. And, and you hear stuff. I mean, Sammy never said any bad shit, but so, certain other people have told me things like, hey, man, sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes. Because <laughs> every day I'd ask, oh, yeah, tell me, Eddie, Eddie. He's like, yeah, you know, maybe you don't want to hear it. Maybe you don't want to meet him. But yeah. I don't know. And then other people say he's super cool. Yeah. Daryl was good friends with him, you know. You know, I had Eddie Van Halen's very first guitar tech tech for me on Enrique Iglesias. Mm. Big guy. You did really. that gig too? I did it for a blink of an eye. Yeah, wow. I did it. Um, but yeah, with I was had this guy and it's just big, lovable teddy bear kind of guy. And he's like, yeah, I, I used to tech for Eddie. I was like his first guy. It's like, and now you're my guy. It's like, wow, you're such a sweetheart. But I think Eddie'd be cool. Eric Clapton, I'm sure, would be interesting, but I don't know if he'd be much of a talker. He seems like he might be pretty reserved kind of kind of bloke. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd love to meet uh, Jimmy Page, man. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty freaking cool. Um, I don't know, any of the old cats, I think, just got so many stories because the music industry... 
has changed so much and it's so different. It's nothing what Bruce and Scott grew up with and I feel like... How old are you? 46. Uh, what year? I mean, no, what month? October. Oh, I'm same. I'm August. Yeah, we're about the same age, yeah. But I feel like our generation are kind of in the middle of that crossover. Yeah. Where I feel like if I was a little bit younger, I would have been hip to all this internet shit. Right. Uh, well, sorry, if I was, yeah, a little bit younger. If I was a little bit older, I would You'd have experienced... typewriter. Yeah, but I would have experienced all that really cool shit that I missed out on too. It was like, I feel like it was a weird... I think growing up, when we did, it was a really fertile time to play guitar, man. Because, you know, yeah, even, even the true. hair bands, which I grew up listening to, a lot of that stuff, everybody had a guitar solo. Everybody yeah. was fairly proficient. The guitar had its had a thing. Had a thing. And then you had, you know, Scott and Bruce and these guys could probably get record deals back then. Nobody has that shit anymore. Schofield oh. was on VH1, if you remember that. Wow. He had a couple of videos. Didn't make it to Australia. He did a video for Protocol. You know Protocol? That's the whole tune. It's like this atonal vamp with this diminished melody that's it's like this thing a g kind of ish key center yeah there was a video for that on vh1 wow. he's like going up canal street in chinatown with his guitar <laughs> playing that's what it was man i mean i would watch that shit and watch night music and listen to warren Martini and then listen to scott and then you know uh steve Vai and west montgomery all yeah. this stuff at one time and and the magazines were there and the, it was just now i don't know i guess it's because youtube anything you can imagine is on youtube there's a hundred versions of it i don't know if that's a better thing or i think for learning it's it's amazing but it's taken a lot of the mystery away from everything like there's you know I grew up with all my heroes on my wall. Right. And, you know, that was the thing and it was so cool. I, I just wanted to be that. But now I just, it's so different. I remember George Lynch was in our, at GIT when I was there. He was That's there. Hilarious. He came in Scott's thing one day. I was sitting sitting there with Scott playing a tune and George Lynch is leaning against the wall watching Scott. And I was like, I got this dude's poster on my wall at home, you know, and Scott's like, come on, man, he would tune the guitar. Like, I was so intimidated. But wow. those days are, I don't know, man. It's all changed I so wonder much. if the guitar is even, I'm sure you guys talked about this at some point, but 20 years from now, if anybody's even going to play guitar. You uh, know? I don't know. I think there's, there's guys like uh, uh, Pliny. Have you heard of Pliny? The Australian guitarist. Those yeah, guys are coming through and they're doing their stuff and it's like a whole new scene that's coming up. But as in for pop music, it's it's there's no guitar solos. I know. Like there's no sessions for that kind of stuff and it's changed, you know. So anyway. What know. about Bebop? Is that gonna make a comeback, you oh, think? Oh <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. When it makes a comeback, I'm poised, man. <laughs> I'm poised. You could come. You know what? All you got to do, Bruce, is hook up with Kanye fucking West, and your shit will be the. Or Little Wayne. A Little Wayne. Did you see the Little Wayne guitar solo? No, I haven't seen it. Oh my god, you haven't god, seen that? I haven't seen it. I gotta see it. Oh, you gotta watch that. That is good stuff. <laughs> Quality stuff. 
he put he and somebody actually did like a compilation of the best so it's like two notes he just learned basically learn how to play like two days before and he can pick two notes and he's playing the solo <laughs> owning it you know but it's, it's looking a million bucks right yeah it's sad man yeah when they're saying that Taylor Swift is the next, she's like the next generation guitar hero. Oh, dude, it's like, you know, we played this jazz festival. and What is a jazz festival now? There's no jazz, you know? It's... You guys always end on a low note. <laughs> I'm getting really, I'm getting, I just got to say, I'm getting so excited to wake up tomorrow and <laughs> I wanted to, make I the wish world Scott would have been here because there's so much shit I wanted to remind him. Like, I remember he would play all this shit. He had his lick book of all these lines, man. He would go through and play. It was just killer shit, all this stuff he had lifted. And then we would just be there soaking it up. And I'm like 18 years old, like, wow, 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 wow. And then Scott would stop and just go, wait till you guys get out of here and try to make a living with this shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and at the time it just went, I'm like, dude, you know, I'd see, I'd see Alan Holdsworth and and I'd think, man, this guy, these guys are stars, man. They've they've got, they're set, you know, genius guitar player and. The end of the show, I, I walk around, back, you know, to side stage to see if we can meet, and I see Gary Husband like pulling the rider truck back, like they're loading their shit, and driving. You know, that's reality, but you're just oblivious to that when you're 18. Well, you know, I mean, but you and know, there's nothing I mean, wrong with I, it on anyway, the one hand, it. yes, you know, of course, you're thinking that these people are, you know, bigger than life. So, ergo, now you're making this jump that they're uh, fantastically wealthy and highly resourced and probably even functional human beings you know you've, you've made that <laughs> right, leap just yeah. because how much you right, dig their right, shit right. <laughs> and they're just human beings yeah. you know and we're all you know okay some of us are still moving our equipment where others aren't everybody's got problems in their relationships and figuring out how life's going to work mm-hmm. out and and shit the people with money seem to worry about having money more than the people that don't yeah so i mean when it all comes down i mean i hate to kind of be sort of quasi wise here but <laughs> it, you know it's it really comes down to quality yeah you know and and understanding yeah i mean you know alan was i didn't know him very well but from what i've can kind of ascertain he really didn't enjoy his gifts you know, to the fullest potential, and that's so nobody's self, fault. But self-deprecating his. thing. Yeah, and he obviously wasn't um, financially. But he, on but top he, but he was stuff. doing well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, man. You know, you know how many people I know, including myself, uh, that that would be glad to work every night and make five hundred dollars. Yeah, and he could have done that easily. There was not a day of his life that if he didn't want to play a gig, he could have made five hundred bucks. I'm, I, I, you know. I'm sure of it. I'm just, you know, sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sure if he had it together, you know, where he could have, 500 bucks a day is pretty damn good for most of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's a lot. You know, my point is, is like, Alan had demons, maybe. Alan didn't take care of business well. Maybe he did. I don't even know. But, you know, I mean, I'm just kind of going off of what 
I don't know the guy, so I'm going off of what I heard. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying, it's like, man, life is what it is. You, you said it. You know, we're playing a plank of wood with steel on it. Mm-hmm. That we hit it and it kind of makes a sound. And we're actually able to sustain ourselves by Monetize doing that. Monetize it. I, I, and also, I, I totally agree, Bruce. And then I think also with somebody like Holdsworth, it's such a signature sound, such a specialized thing that he can only do his own thing. I mean, he did. He dabbled with level 42, either for whatever reason he didn't want to keep doing it or whatever. But he just did his own shit. And like, it's not like people are going to call him to play on... Right, you know. but he had an opportunity. Really, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I really believe the world, with with just a little bit of put, you know, a little bit, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of shit together, he could have worked at a level where he was playing all the time to people who really loved him, making more than enough money to live a quality life. Yeah, really, yeah. you know, which is I can't say that. For a multitude of guys I know who play their asses off, yeah, really, I can't say that about a lot of these guys. Yeah, you know that it's just the world would not the the marketplace isn't there for them. The uh, they're you know they didn't make the choices in life. They weren't their timing wasn't right. Their style didn't you know I mean for whatever reason, you know there's a lot of cats out there that that would never have been the possibility. He had that. You know, and whether it was his own demons, whether it was his own self-deprecation, whether it was bad management, whether, who knows what it was, you know, it could have been anything. Um, He didn't really, you know, do it, you know. Some people just don't want to play that much. Yeah. You know, me, I'm a, I just got to play all the time. Today I did a session, like these guys called me up, I mean, really cool cats, Hey man, we're playing. You want to come play? I said, "Yeah." This is so I went over and played this afternoon, and they were like, "You like came over and played?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> They're like, "We, I just thought it was the stupidest thing in the world texting <laughs> you." You know, it's like, and it's like, "What do you mean? I want to play." You know, it's like I had the afternoon free. What's better than playing, working shit out, and figuring new things out, and meet and playing with new guys? You know? Yeah. yeah. And they're like. It was like in their mind, you know, I guess so much of the world has become something else. I mean, I'm talking about mental health here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what I learned today, I mean, it's going to be with me forever. Yeah. It made me a better musician and a better person. Didn't make any money. <laughs> Tens of dollars. <laughs> Tens no, no, of no. <laughs> it cost me gas. That's basically it. And I learned about a new part of LA that I'd never been to. <laughs> that drive-by trombone solo kind of got me. But other than that, I just like I respect you know doing what I do. I totally respect man guys like Wayne Krantz and Holsworth and guys that just refuse to. They just do their shit. Mm-hmm. And. You know, I guess I've I've developed enough things where I could whore myself out, you know, <laughs> to like good paying gigs and things. So I I don't know. I kind of moved out of that that thing. But but well, no. I but mean, uh, I really respect it. And it's so inspiring. That's the most inspiring shit to me personally. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, it. But it's also like it's really interesting. I got friends. I got this one friend. He's in a great band, and he's been in this band for 20 years, and he started it, you know, and they're doing it. And uh, he's great. 
The band's great. All he does is complain about it. You know, he really does. But, I mean, he, he worked his... They got arrangements. They, he worked his... His sound is all predicated on just this setting, this thing. You know what I mean? It's right. so beautiful. And to me, I'm so uh, jealous of that. Yeah. Because my life is kind of... Well, yeah, I've got my own things, but I'm always doing new projects. So there are, that's always changing. And then I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good side. I can comp. You know, so I'll play with lots of people. I'll get called to do all-star stuff. I'll get called to be in people's bands. I'll sure. singers. Yeah. I love to do it, you know what I mean? Which means, like, my sound has to change with every new thing. I'm this, like, even though I've got my sound, the qualities of it are always, you know, I mean, it's not, like, boxed in. Right. It's, it's very much, well, sometimes there's no bass player. Well, I'm, you know what I'm doing a lot of the time. And then there's a bass player and I'm doing this. And sometimes there's no piano player. Well, you know what I'm doing all the time. And then there, now there's a piano player. So, you know, and like that guy is jealous of what I'm doing because he's just like so boxed in by his band. And I'm so jealous that he's got this group and like every, all the work they do is to move this one thing that's like got a lot of fans and doing really well. You know what I mean? It's like we all have a tendency to, and it's not like the grass is greener. I think just as musical appreciators, we naturally appreciate what we don't have along with what we do have. Mm -hmm. And we just, God, it'd be so cool just to have one sound and one way of playing and really get badass at that, you know? Like you say about Wayne or Alan, you know, yet at the same time, they're probably like going, shit, you know, every or Scott, you know, who's probably writing or, you know, maybe he's hanging out outside <laughs> waiting to make a grand entrance. But, you know, like, I mean, there must be moments where he thinks, shit, you know, like just to go out and play with the cats and do something completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's, he's got to, at some point, miss that. Just because just we appreciate every. I mean, to really be a musician is to appreciate it all. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's to make the most out of whatever the fuck you're doing. And, I mean, this is beyond music. Life. You know what I mean? We're here for, like, a second. Yeah. Make the most out of everything, first of all. And then realize how lucky we are to be there. I mean, out of a million sperm, we were the fastest. Every one of us were the fastest, you know. And we won the biggest lottery already. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you do. You get caught up in your own world, and you and you constantly compare. And you're always thinking, "Ah, oh, man, I wish I was doing that. I wish I was doing that." But Sometimes your own shit is And then, then cool. you hear yourself and you go, God, I'm lucky to be even fucking carrying a case. Absolutely. That's what, that's what I meant with the whole, you know, plank of wood and string thing. We're lucky to be able to do what we do, man. Yeah. It's or just, really, you know, if you, hear, if you really honestly listen to yourself, whether it's while you're playing or recorded, you know, and recorded is usually better because it's the most objective aspect you'll get. Man, you know, if you can sit and listen to that and think, like, you really, you know, deserve more than you're getting, I want to meet that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, come on. You know? If you, whew. 
<laughs> I just see cats like you know you see guys at like the local blues jam and they they can't wait man they they save up their licks and everything for the weekend they go yeah. and do their big thing and they have more fun than guys I know touring or doing sessions every day and who are playing their yeah ass playing their ass off making great money like a quote pro and these they're not having fun at all you know and uh, I know guys like they've told me that. So who's more successful? You know what I mean? Exactly. What's what's the definition of success then? Exactly. If it's happiness, then it's the cat playing the shitty blues jam because he loves every minute of it, man. He's like loving it. He's on a high all week. And there's a guy who plays Madison Square Garden. He's like, oh shit, yeah, I should be getting get DM for this day tomorrow. Get my I should. Tone. My tone's messed my up. Tone. And, yeah. You know, it's like it's it's that's, uh that's fucking crazy that it's but it's so relative. It's it's all relative. It's all, all your relative. Re and it has to do with your relatives too. It's all relative. You know, it's it's like a, it's an incestuous thing. Yeah. I've been in situations where I, we're about to walk on stage, sold out stadium, Les Paul, Marshall Stack, and I'm like, fuck! I I'd rather be home watching Netflix. Yeah, I've done that the too. Gig was Shame on you! I know, right? And Shame the whole band was like you. that. We were all like that. But we were in fucking Russia in the middle of the winter, so, you know, that had something to do well, with it, Well, I had so. a kid, and, and, and one of my students came, and we were playing. And the kid is fucking amazing. Hmm. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> anyway, but played more shit. And, you know, but it was kind of a drag to play with, a little bit, but, you know. I said, well, what was that about? You know, what do you think? What do you think? Well, I just, you know, you know, I just couldn't get anything happening. He said that? Yeah, I just kind of, you know, he didn't really feel it. I just kind of just like, kept just playing stuff. And I said, get the fuck out of here. I said, this lesson is over. Wow. Don't you ever play music around me without giving a fuck again. Wow. Don't you ever. You're shitting on the grave of all my heroes. You're shitting on all the work of my life. Get your fucking ass out of here. Come back here when you want to play music. Wow. And he quit. No, no. He really <laughs> he really thanked me for that. Yeah. It's like, you, you pick up a guitar and you ain't meaning it, fuck you. Right. I'm here to say fuck you to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's You're interesting, Bruce. You're on so much beauty, yeah. so much importance. You're not just shitting on yourself. You're shitting on the heroes. You're shitting on the music. Fuck you. I love that. Move over and let somebody who cares do it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you.
Thank you.